Hello and welcome to The Secret Layer, the home of gaming and geeks. We hope you enjoy our shows and if you'd like to support us, you can donate to our Patreon. D&D &D 101. My name's Niall. I'll be your Dungeon Master today. Hello, my name's Connie. And I'm Jordan. And I'm still not a Dungeon Master. No, and Far you from weren't. It. I don't think you ever will be, will you? No. Nope. Are you ever going to take the leap of faith? <laughs> um, uh, in character during a game, yeah. What? Towards. I don't think you understand how to play this game. <laughs> Thank God you're here at D&D &D 101, <laughs> where we teach you, the new players, how to play the game. <laughs> And, you know, and I try to teach these two. That's like a leap of faith. Like, in battle, I'll take a leap. Yeah, but you won't And learn how to DM all of a sudden? The question was, will you DM once you've learned how to play? Well, yeah, I suppose. But you said in the... in the, in You said leap of faith is how you phrase the idea of me becoming a DM. Yeah. So I turned it on his head to be like, I'll do that in the game, but right. I won't be a DM. <laughs> God, it's all going downhill. Now I have to explain my jokes. <laughs> That was a joke. I, it wasn't very that good. Was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, guys. What a great episode this is going to be. <laughs> so I've just had a massive panini and a coffee, and I'm kind of full. You should be feeling great then. Yeah, too many carbs, man. Unless uh, you're yeah, No, I'm about the zero carb, baby. I'm trying it. I'm trying. Oh, good it. for you. Keto. <laughs> you. What's that? <laughs> I'm trying it. I'm going vegetarian as well. I think. Oh, you're doing really? Keto really and good. vegetarian. I, I'm not sure about vegetarian yet. I'm gonna see how it goes yeah. because apparently my mum was saying to me that <clears throat> she takes supplements for things that she doesn't get now that she's vegetarian. I was like, I don't want to do that. I just want to eat. But I, the more I eat meat, the more I'm like, this tastes shit. So. My body's saying don't do it. My mind is saying you kind of need some of it. So there'll be a nice healthy balance I in between. I think I could do keto. keto. But keto. I do like sourdough a bit too much. I just smelled a Kit Kat in my pocket, so I'm still grieving. It's because you're hot, mate. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> congratulations, guys. You've completed, so far, all the player races no. in the player's handbook. That's pretty sweet. I didn't even know that. Yes, <laughs> I'm a DM! No. No, no. I think no. I think got a bit bit of a way to go. I'm a that. DM. Yeah, but we are continuing with the character races. Oh uh, fuck. Then, no, there's sake. all the other ones. There's all the other source oh, books. Yay. I hate this game. <laughs> <laughs> we're turning we're turning our sights to um Why don't I race. spend my day, I don't know, in a park? Because it's raining. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I've got nothing else to do today. Oh, but it's such a vibe. But there's water yeah, falling from the sky. That's what I always say when it's raining. Well no, because it's like it's autumn rain. Like there's literally water. Water falling from the sky. That's what that's... that's what rain is. I know, but isn't that crazy? No, it's a miracle. Do you understand how rain works? <laughs> do you have? I a do GCSE actually. It's it's education. some kind of vapor goes into the cloud and then like has a some chemical. kind of vapor. It okay, has like cool. a chemical reaction with a gas. A and chemical then, reaction. Yeah, with gas. and then and then it falls I mean, from the sky. Wrong. You're not wrong. And it reaction. falls to the ground. Yeah. So evaporated water floats up into the sky because it's less. Right, you're dense. a DM, Niall. You're not my fucking science. And then teacher. it all gathers. <laughs> And condenses into clouds, and they condense further into rain droplets, which then water the earth. Ah, oh, well, there you go. And isn't that a miracle? And the winds move them around. Cool. I bet you can come up with that shit in D and D. I could. <laughs> and there's so many different types of clouds as well. That's a good yeah, point. Ones Is there like different bunnies? Ones that like... <laughs> Is there different weather? In yeah, D &D? of course. But have you created new weather? Uh, yeah, me and my friend had a bit of a Because you said it was really um, easy to come up with weather. So. Yeah, we came up with this thing called a necrotic storm, which was birthed from the concept of a spell being used that was too powerful. And one of the fallouts was a necrotic storm that sweeps the earth. Um, essentially, it has random effects depending on how we roll when we're like oh yeah we're gonna have a necrotic storm encounter but so we'd like, ra roll a so d6 roll. it'd be acid rain or it'd oh. be like uh it'd be rain so you actually mutate plants and animals into more dangerous you, so you've just creatures. created rain but a different like, no it's you've added something rain, on. yeah but that's not that's not a new one that's just rain it's with a, a bit of magic it's a type of storm it's like saying uh i've come up with a new weather and it's called sunshine sunshine storm and that's i'll roll cool. the dice yeah, and then like and rays of depending on the, the the dice roll, it'll be a really hot sun, and it'll burn everyone to death. That is or new. I like that. It'll be it'll be just enough to fry your egg outside. A sunstorm. <laughs> I like that. Sunstorm. 
I'm I'm already brewing up ideas. To well, there you, you go. Anyway, you're welcome. Today, we're going to be continuing with player races, and we're going to be starting with our new book. I believe it's Volos Led to Monsters. A new book. Yeah. Um, How many books are there? <laughs> a, lot. a lot of them. And there's new ones coming out every day. Not every day. <clears throat> That's a lie. Every few weeks. Every few months. Guys, you don't have to do this. <laughs> so. Feels like I a lot say, of work. If I say the word ASMR to you. ASMR? Yeah. ASMR is what yes, came to my head. Yeah, usually. So if I said this new player race is called ASMR. I reckon they like the way they speak like this. They're like. Yeah. <laughs> they, 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 just, they just speak with lots of different things into the microphone. They eat things into a microphone. That's the whole vibe. <laughs> that was very good, Connie. Yeah, you, you're good. That was very good. We should good. do an ASMR really podcast, Connie. Called ASMR. The Adventures Ooh, of ASMR. Nice. Yeah, here we are in the D&D podcast. No, I'll stop oh. it. Oh, I was only getting started. I was really getting impressed. Then. Oh, fine. That's all right. No, it's all right. It's gone. Yeah, the Inspiration's gone. gone. Yeah, yeah. So, Jordan reckons it might be an ASMR podcast yeah i reckon that's where asmr Race. came from this this creature called the asm i don't think you understand D D. do you <laughs> <laughs> of course i fucking don't i don't know what i'm doing oh i love it can i any guesses no um see at least i have an idea uh, um... <laughs> <laughs> at least i have an idea some kind of fey elf thing Okay, interesting. Maybe. Could you say the name it's of it again? Like a... Asimar. Sometimes called an Asimar. Asimar. Ooh. I reckon it's like a like a like a gerbil wizard <laughs> that has a massive ass. <laughs> right. And they What's like the they like hide in the bushes. I wanna know how long we've been going because I, I wanted to know how long it was before somebody said ass <laughs> <laughs> and tried to relate it to an Asimar. Jack just inserted. Okay, the time here. well <laughs> what time are we on? Probably about 10 minutes in. Hello, Jack here, the editor. And uh, the time mark there was seven minutes to you, the listener. Seven minutes before the first ass was mentioned. But in real world terms, for me, it's been over 14 minutes. Just bear that in mind. So, yeah. Back to the show. I don't, I, it depends on how long we were talking about the we topic, should, really. We should probably place bets and stuff before we do these podcasts. I should just write them down. Yeah. Like, start like, playing like bingo a... with myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And whoever gets the most stamps loses. Know, loses and... <laughs> if I can predict your Yeah, behavior. if you can predict <laughs> This is just this is just me prepping for DMing you. It's like slowly learning your behaviors <laughs> so that I can slowly t- take you apart. How long till Connie starts talking about Peter Pan or Narnia or Harry Potter or Lord <laughs> of the Rings? Alice in Wonderland. Or Alice in Wonderland. Actually, I don't think I've spoken about that. Not yet. Not yet. Just now though. Yeah. Ah, see what you did there. See? This is Damn me it. slowly manipulating you. I was trying to think. There isn't anything in Lord of the Rings that are called Asimars. Mm. No, and but the, as it goes, that's usually my reference. You said so. it's like Asimar. Asimar, Asimar. That sounds All words I are made up. need to be so specific about their pronunciation. How about I give you a little clue? Maybe we can go from there. Yes, please. Okay, so Asimar are kind of the opposite of a tiefling. Oh, fucking hell. What's a fucking tiefling again? Oh. It's like a hobbit thing, isn't it? What? Nope. <laughs> No, that's a halfling. Uh, tiefling. So mad right now. A tiefling was... Uh... If it is an ASMR podcast, that was a really cool sound. <laughs> it was just like a family guy where he's like, he, he talks like this, and at the end of his word, he's... Uh... <laughs> um, I, I honestly, I can't remember. Tiefling. It was like a, like a, like a nature no. elf. No. No. Fuck. Come on, Alcani, help me out. I actually can't remember. <gasps> you see, it's not just me, Niall. You're just not a good teacher. No, that's... <laughs> Fine, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'll learn on my Please own. Please don't go now. Teach don't myself. leave me with Jordan. Um, <laughs> what episode? What episode would we do Tieflings? Literally, like episode six. This so, is episode yeah. ten. We did it four episodes ago. Exactly. I've had. I've got like seven hours of other shit in my head <laughs> in between. <laughs> A tiefling. Someone's going to have to jump in because I'm just saying tiefling again and again and it's not very tieflings, interesting. Tieflings were demon or devil people. Oh! Yeah, I felt like they were bad guys. With the queen. No, that's the wrong one. What? The queen bee. There's one that's The like queen of chaos. The demon queen. Yeah, the queen of chaos. Yeah. 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 And she... Beyonce. Yeah. 
We love Beyonce. <laughs> so if that's what a tiefling is, right? And an Asamar is the opposite. They live in light. They live in ha- it's happy the opposite places. Oh, so it's more like an, an angelic entity. Ah, we're getting close. <laughs> what did you say? I said they live in light and they are angels. So Asimar right. are creatures who are usually born of born of humans and have a blood. Born lineage. or bored? Born. Oh, born bored, of bored of humans, and so they've just <laughs> fucked up there. <laughs> they, uh, Bye! They're usually a blood relative of a human and some sort of celestial being. Love that word, so, celestial. Like Percy Jackson. Yes, cool. Could, they can be born of titans and gods, and also of angels. Okay, that is what an Asimar is. So, um, yeah, they're basically human-based bloodlines or people. Kind of demigods, but not demigods. Not really. It, it's it's more that in their bloodline, some sort of good, otherworldly creature. Mm has part of their part of their lineage okay so at some point maybe an ancestor i don't know either so good and bad evil and whatever i suppose good and evil it's the same thing yeah in this world is it like are they like i don't know how to phrase the question my perception of good and evil in 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 life is like it's all uh, it's all here it just and we're all capable of all of it mm. right but in D and D, is it more that like I don't know? It's like, like an external force of good and evil that that somehow affects, comes and affects the the character or the race in a way. In the sense that if if they're like a good race, in inverted commas, yeah, and they've they pass down celestial <laughs> content <laughs> within their blood. I don't know how you how you'd put it. Is it? That there, there's just a, a something divine and there's something demonic. Yeah, I'll explain the cosmic wheel. Essentially, there's the material plane, and that's at the center of the cosmic wheel. That would be what we'd known as Earth or Toril, a bit Toril, whatever the planet is. That's the center of the cosmic wheel. Now, surrounding that is called the inner plane, and they are made up of the ethereal plane, mm-hmm. which is essentially this plane of pure creation. Um, that's also where ghosts are, and it essentially, if you go in, if you step into the uh, deep ethereal, you just you you can breathe like normal. It's this wonderful place but of time creation. Works different, and it takes you longer to get places. Yes, well remembered. At some point, I must have said something. I think that was last. Cool. Well remembered, Connie. Best student. Yeah, because you <laughs> get a gold badge. Fuck you, Connie. You, just you have an extra gold. Piece you can ha- you can go on a quest in the ethereal and then have enough time to come back out and go on another quest. Yeah, time basically. time works differently in the ethereal, <clears throat> and it's this place of pure creation where the the mists of creation basically exist. And then you also have the the inner planes are basically like the fundamental materials that make up the world. So this creation vapor in which anything can be created and then there's the creation of, vapor yeah there is the plane of fire is that what creates the rain <laughs> technically the rain would come from the plane of water right and then there's the plane of air and the plane of earth mm-hmm. and they're the four inner planes as well as the ethereal then you so that's kind of the material creating parts is of the, the earth thread is it the weave, the thread? The weave, weave. is, is that the, that's sort of like the, the way that magic is explained. Yep, cool. And it sort of transcends through all of this. Okay. Uh, it's what connects everything is the weave. And then, so that's the inner planes, right? And then within that, you have like the dark shadow of the material plane, which is called the shadow fell, mm-hmm. where everything is dead and decaying. And, and then you have the Feywild, which is the sort of like emotion and sort of like life reflection where everything is super hyper color and like when it's dark it's super dark and when it's light it's super beautiful it's a place where if you were to get angry there would be a thunderstorm depending on how powerful you were it it reacts to emotions whereas the shadow fell is like the exact opposite it's like the dark it's like the upside down in stranger things yeah mm. or oh no you won't have seen shadow hunters would you uh with dominic something is it um it's about the the one where she thinks she's in love with her brother. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, not I've actually read the her first brother. Three books. Sorry, guys, I, I've read. This the, but yeah. they have like the Feywild kind of in in the Shadowhunters. In Shadowhunters, yeah, where fair. like it's kind of a bit trippy and everything's vivid and yeah, 
Yeah. That's exactly what the Feywild's like. So that's the inner planes. Yeah. And they're what the material world is made out of. Then you have the outer planes, which act more like a moral compass. At True North, you have pure good. And then a little bit, you know, northwest, you have lawful good. And a bit northeast, you have chaotic good. And then at True East, you have pure chaos. And in True West, you have pure law. Um, south, you have pure evil. And, well, yeah, neutral evil. And then a bit southeast, southwest, you have chaotic evil. And um, Still my favourite bit of D&D mm. is that stuff. It's cool. I think it's a really clever, um, <clears throat> a really clever representation of, of the spectrum of human purpose or behavior yeah. or even <clears throat> like political or personal beliefs. So I would think it fits in that. Yeah, thing. essentially, really interesting. there are different beings and things that exist within each place. And when you die and your actions on the material plane and the way that your soul is aligned to will dictate where you kind of end up. So if you worship gods, Certain gods exist in different planes of existence and these different outer planes. Like, if you worshipped Asmodeus, who is the lord of lies... I, I, I did it in my head, but I thought I wouldn't do it out loud. Yeah, sorry, no. he's the He's the lord of lies and is also the leader of the Nine Hells, which fights against the demon armies mm. of the Abyss. If you worshipped Asmodeus and in the material plane spent all your time making deals with devils to gain more and more power in the material world, when you eventually die, your soul would be taken to the Nine Hells to join the armies of of Bator. Mm. That's essentially what your life would go to. The same as if you were someone who started worshipping chaotic demons. You know, you'd spend all your life, you know, being a chaotic piece of shit and spreading chaos and summoning demons on the material plane. Well, chaotic good people, I believe, are more inclined to go to somewhere called the Beastlands. And that is somewhere where, essentially, if you were someone who was based in nature and sort of looked after people, but also had a very chaotic nature and worshipped a lot of nature gods or even animals... When you go to this heaven of the Beastlands, uh, you might even be turned into your favorite animal, and you become this like <laughs> speaking animal that. Oh, to be can... a talking animal. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I can see you as like a, a little a little gerbil. And these a are gerbil. These what? are I'll like with you and gerbils today. <laughs> then there's um, there's a uh, Bitopia, and that's where like Gar Glittergold, the uh, god of gnomes, resides. There's Mount Celestia. Which is lawful good, where a lot of lot of good um, gods exist, and there's so many more. There's Archeon, There's there's loads. Basically, like Olympus. There's uh, Yarsgard, which is essentially the home of the Norse gods. Mm. Um, so there's a lot of different celestial components up at the top of this cosmic wheel. And essentially, if you were to be like a worshiper of these gods, and maybe you were gifted with divine powers, or you know met an angel and angels in D are so strange when i came to do my research for this a lot there was a lot of stuff about angels and how to become one and the difference in them mm. but essentially the current law is that angels just started existing nobody mm. knows where they came from they just came out of nowhere and they were like we're beings of good i guess we'll just dedicate our lives to the gods of good and yeah. that was it and they they act upon the behalf of gods now <clears throat> but there's like a finite number of them however someone can become an archeon like <laughs> yeah a little bit someone can become an archeon or <laughs> another angel by if their soul was good enough to make it to mount celestia the seven heavens of mount celestia i believe mm. you could choose to start to undergo a transformation where you have to climb the mountain and each layer precedes this test that you have to accomplish and essentially tests you to the the most of your being. And if you complete that test, then you you can become an Archeon. But the kind of the drawback is is there's only seven Archeons because there's only seven layers of heaven. So it's one of those things only the purest may do it. So if they did that and completed all the tests, would that remove one of them and they who knows take their place yeah essentially who knows but something cataclysmic would happen something like reality changing 
And it's not an easy thing to do either. Mm. Like, but only the most holiest of holies can do it. And there are certain stages of angels as well. There's like hound angels, then there's like angels with blade arms and stuff. It gets pretty epic, to be fair. And I think you start off, if you start to do this process, you start off as like a little light bulb, just floating around. And is this connected to the Azamar? So Azamar... Did I say that right? Yeah. Cool. Azamar are humans who have essentially got a celestial blood lineage and thus are born with innate celestial properties they're essentially like angels children right that's pretty cool. yeah angels can come down to earth and disguise themselves as humans and have relationships with people and get on with people they tend to be quite quiet about it and not be like i'm an angel so, <laughs> the, the egocentric angel is like yeah, yeah i'm an angel there's yeah well, i'm really better i'm better than you it's interesting um, you say that there is an angel <laughs> set within the DD universe in a book called curse of strat uh so spoilers for anyone playing this um skip to i don't know a minute ahead but there's a really cool angel you guys will forget this i know you will if we ever play it uh <laughs> He's <laughs> the the whole story of Curse of Strahd is he's this vampire that wants you get trapped in this vampire's realm and you can't leave it and he's like I want to be with this woman named Titania uh, and she's re she's reincarnated as my love Iliana I will find her <laughs> and he's like you know he's obsessed with this woman and he really wants to be with her and this angel is convinced that if he creates the perfect bride for him that he'll stop being evil. And essentially what's actually happened is this realm has corrupted this angel. And now he thinks that by digging up dead bodies and sewing them together and creating this Frankenstein monster, he can, he can create a bride for Strahd. The bride of Frankenstein. So they're not infallible, essentially. Right. And there is such thing as fallen angels and Irian, yes. And they're angels that essentially have turned away from good Mm. and decided to go a different way. One of the most famous is the leader of the first layer of hell called Zariel. And she was an angel that tried to... Essentially back... Hmm? Well, Asmodeus was on trial. Asmodeus. Yes. (laughs) Asmodeus was on trial and Zariel was one of the angels that wanted him like out of it and she really wanted his blood and really wanted him to lose. But wasn't she his wife? No. No. no, she. Oh, uh, but she. Stories, she yeah. eventually got convinced by Asmodeus to help him win Asmodeus, the fight Asmodeus. against the abyss, and she now leads the first layer of the nine hells against the abyss. We have definitely talked about that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably definitely during the tieflings yeah. one, probably. But yeah, that's so. It's not impossible for angels to fall and be corrupted by evil. So angels are almost as like people as people are. They're just a lot more powerful. Right, and there's lots of different types of angels. There's Davas, there's Solars, there's Archeons, there's Archeon Hounds. So you don't necessarily have to be a good Asimar. No, and I guess that brings us to Asimar in general. So Asimar children are. How do you spell it, by the way? A A S. Give me a second. I got him. A A S I M A R. Asimar. Right. Didn't need to know that, but I asked anyway. But very similar to like Tieflings being plain touch, these. These Asimar creatures are very, like, obvious almost in comparison to humans. They're uncommonly beautiful um, and still and significantly so you can't be taller. you can't be an Asimar, Connie. Wow, that was rude. <laughs> <laughs> I, but hey, you'll be in a water elf just or whatever it is. Just, just so right in the throat. I don't think my legs can reach. Me you, on the Jordan. other hand. <laughs> yeah, Jordan. Well, the first thought was that I'll, I'd say, well, I'm definitely going to be one of them, but it just felt too obvious. So I thought I'd instead make it an insult. <laughs> We're well all friends played. here, so well I'm not being serious. Uh, so <laughs> essentially, they tend to have um, either pupilless eyes, so it's just like pure white. That's creepy. Or they'll have um, golden eyes. Still creepy. Or they'll have grey eyes. Still creepy. Or they'll have irises of the same colour. The same colour as what? Gold, silver, grey, white. So they won't have pupils. So they, when you say sometimes they the don't iris. have pupils. Sometimes their eyes are just pure, like... But other ones... 
have pupils I mean, and have irises. I, I wouldn't be like, oh my god, it's an insanely beautiful angel. I'd be like, what the fuck? So they'll have an iris with no pupil. And wait. Oh, no, that some of them will just have like just. Yes, like demon eyes, like in supernatural. Yeah, yeah, but it'll be gold. Nice. Okay, cool. <laughs> cool, yeah. Um, they can have white hair or silver hair as well. Um, some of them have like feathers mixed in with their hair. Some that are like descended from Birds. more natural celestials, more like nature celestial kind of things. Nice. Um, I'm just picturing someone with like one of those feather braids. Yeah, but naturally <laughs> growing from their hair. Some of them might have golden skin on brilliant topaz eyes. Um, some of them have iridescent scales, just depending on what angels they Iridescent have. scales? Yeah. Uh, some of them have my... What's iridescent mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, like almost like see-through and glowing. Mm. All right. Um, sounds creepy. It's like, yeah, it'd be like your skin naturally glitters. There's something about you that's supernatural and beautiful, like me. Edward in Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you, Niall. Edward in Twilight. You are and Edward I like you Twilight. as well, Connie. Oh, well, thank you. Fuck you, Jordan. Make up for your fucking insults. Some of them might have a light covering of feathers on their back. Do they get mistaken as a bird's nest a lot? Say again? Do they get mistaken as a bird's nest? <laughs> Does it just on all day long and they just like, for fuck's sake, will this pigeon just get the fuck are off there, my back? <laughs> are, the, are, the, are the feathers on the back kind of supposed to be like, ah, oh, maybe once upon a time you had wings, yeah. but now yeah. you don't. Ah, interesting. Maybe your bloodline did. And uh, another fun fact is that sometimes, very similar to tieflings, uh, this process can skip generations. So, you know, your generation, your family generation <laughs> heritage might have just been humans for ages and then boom, one day your so child it is has like, like silver eyes. <laughs> You're just like, what? It just sometimes jumps, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, in terms of personality, it's it's one of those things that, you know, with the D&D Beyond stuff, you can be anything that you want. Mm. But in the law, what's kind of written is that most Asimar tend to have, like, kind nature, uh, depending on what angel they're descended from as well. So if you were from a protector angel that was, a you know, all about healing and looking after people, your general nature would be very kind and caring and sweet. If you were from a warrior angel, your general attitude would be very steadfast, very stubborn, and very sh assured of yourself that you were doing the right thing. So it's kind of one of those things that your destiny influences your personality in a way. But of course, you know, this is this is whatever you want it to be. They say that um, a lot of Asimar have similar prejudices as... Prejudice? Prejudice. Prejudices. The plural of prejudice. <laughs> prejudices. Yeah. That sounds right, doesn't it? Yeah. Prejudices. Prejudices. Yeah, I think that's a word. That's, yeah. I, I... Certain Asimar, very similar to tieflings, have certain prejudices against them. Whereas a, a tiefling is expected to be bad all the time, and Asimar is expected to be good all the time. Like and Canadians. Like Canadians. Wow. <laughs> but can you imagine that pressure? Yeah. You all, you're always expected to be your best self at all times. Like, you're not allowed to slip up because... You're born from an angel. Surely you're better than the rest of us. <laughs> just everyone around's like got just a way too high expectation of Asimov. Exactly. Yeah, and it and it's certainly like they, they're feeling it. The burden is on their shoulders. Yeah, they're, they're it, carrying that weight of expectation yeah. their entire life. Maybe as well that like be hard. It's an Asimov that keeps failing and constantly chastised for being a failure. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> you're you're meant to be better than this. Can you imagine that? Yeah. You're like I fucking I'm just a kid. <laughs> I'm just a kid trying to... Bernadette in Big Bang Theory when she's like, I'm nice to everybody! I haven't seen that, but I, I know the character, so that makes uh, sense. The Raj thinks she's flirting with him because she's nice to him, and so he starts hitting on her, and she just snaps him, and, she, and he's like, <laughs> you were being so nice to me, I'm sorry. She's like, I'm nice to everyone! <laughs> so yeah, it's the, of the story, be a dick. Like you, Jordan. Yeah, hey. exactly. At least you know when I'm hitting on you, Connie. <laughs> You'll be certain. I hit oh, on everyone. Fuck's sake. <laughs> so yeah, um, because of their strange features and the fact that they are different as well, it means that when they're moving around and traveling, they tend to try to keep a low profile because you know they would basically become the target for any evil cult. I mean. You know, there's rituals out there that require Asimar blood. Do you know oh, what I mean? Shit. It's like oh, to I summon see. a demon. Oh, I thought you'd have to... I thought you meant like they're very naive and can 
very easily get swayed into a cult unless they keep themselves under, you know, underground. But uh, you meant that like they're they're a prized possession. Essentially, yeah, their blood is special, and they would probably have like a lot of problems with that. Um, one of the coolest things about Asimov, what I think is one of the most fun parts about playing one, especially as like a as a player and having this as a facet of your character, is every Asimov has a guide. They have like a literal link to an angelic being who will help them throughout their life. That would be Andy, wouldn't it? Asimov the Avatar. Yeah. <laughs> But some, but their kind of guidance is provided through dreams, really, and feelings. Some and people say that's what's going on. Yeah, you know, uh, when you analyze your dreams, well, and it's not, it's not exactly straightforward. And they can receive visions or prophecies or feelings that might show them the right way, essentially. And that angelic being isn't a god. It's not like someone who's like omnipotent and omniscient mm. and all knowing. It's basically. They're getting advice from someone who has a certain view of the world. So you could have a guide who is basically very fierce and vengeful. So every time you go to sleep, they're like, you should kill that evildoer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like everything they tell you is like usually like, yeah, we should we should probably strip the world of all evil. <laughs> you just constantly send visions of you hacking away at, at anyone who does evil. And then the and then the this the Azamar starts to have a problem with intrusive thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I just can't stop thinking about hurting people. Azamar with anxiety. It's my fucking guide. But then like on the other hand, you could have an Asimar guide who is like bookish and lecturing. So like every every vision you have is always like a fucking like Aesop's fable. <laughs> There's always a lesson to be learned at the end of your vision, and you have to figure it out. What's the metaphorical representation of my dream? Literally. Just wake up every day like, oh, for fuck's sake. To be fair, I had a dream the other day, but it, I did I did the tap. Basically, my sink burst, and it was like pouring with water in the middle of the night. Somebody knocked on the door, and then that's when I figured out. But I'd sort of woken up during the night and thought it was raining, and that night's sleep was a very, very weird one for dreams. <laughs> Like I was like, like running away from various amphibious animals in the sky. <laughs> raining. And afterwards, frogs. I was like, I wonder what that was all about. And I was like, I think it's just because it's it's it was sounded like it was raining and oh, there was water. Uh, yeah, I remember my my brother um, at my mum's house. Uh, our bedrooms are like attic rooms with those Velux windows. Mm. So when it rains, you can you hear know. it. Um, and he once was like, Yeah, I had a dream that it was raining coins. Like raining gold coins, and then I woke up and it was pissing it raining down. on the metal of the the window. And you're like, this must noise. mean something. Yeah, this must mean. Something. Uh, well, you probably would have been like, I hope this means that I'm bringing some money in soon. Fingers <laughs> <laughs> crossed. There's also some. So, uh, Modern Canaan's uh, Monsters of the Multiverse offers a few options in terms of customizing your Asimov, um, which I think are really cool. So, like, you can have different celestial features, which is a dusting of metallic white or charcoal freckles. You could have metallic or luminous or dark eyes. Luminous freckles. That's amazing. <laughs> Starkly coloured hair. An unusual hue to your shadow. I love that. Sorry, did you say hue? Hue. Yeah. Like colour. Like a tint to your shadow. Oh, right. You could have a ghostly halo crowning <laughs> your head at all times. Ah, oh, fuck yes. Or rainbows gleaming fuck on yeah. your skin. <laughs> Can you have more than one of those at once? Yeah, why not? I don't care. I take them all. I'll have yeah. them all. I'll have all of them. I want silver freckles. Actually, can you have no shadow? No. No. That would be That, that would was be a tiefling thing. I know, I was going to say, I remember uh, that existing. So, that's creepy. like Asimar in general. <laughs> However, despite, you know, having all this wonderful divine history that, you know, your life is mixed in with, there are fallen Asimar. And these are people who tend to stray away from their angelic guides because of the her and the prejudices. Uh, that are forced upon them when they're younger. Essentially, you know, Asimar are just as mortal and just as, like, normal as anybody else, and they are just as fallible. And these tend to make extremely dangerous, deadly people because essentially all their power gets turned on its head and it gets used for just pure vengeance and evil. Okay. They can become agents of evil. They can just completely they, they can think that all their sort of like exposure to celestial like morals is just brainwashing so why would they behave but this the way is that what i mean by like the the good and the evil it's yeah like, well well then they, they aren't full of good they're just human 
they're just small. Yeah. yeah. If they can like if they can make a choice eventually to be more evil, then it's not like some divine thing coursing through them that they can't escape. It's just something they've they've learnt earlier, maybe. Which might be their excuse to turn evil. They're like, oh, this is never me. What if I want to be bad? Can can you have it where like they never get their guide? Maybe. If that's they're the like, story. Why you the be. fuck? Well the guide's always late. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. A snooze my alarm. <laughs> but what if you were what if you were descended from an angel that had fallen? What if your like guide was someone who was like, Yeah, let's just do evil shit? Like what if you had descended from a fallen angel? Mm. Which is totally possible. So there's a lot to think about and a lot mm. of fun roleplay stuff. And uh, you know, I think Asamar are really cool. And we're gonna go into some of the sub races for Asamar now, which I really like. I think they're really cool. We'll start with um the base stuff. The, the statistics. Uh, My favourite bit. Math. <laughs> um, essentially. It's because at the end of the statistics round, my brain goes like, Bleh. <laughs> like, I've just heard numbers for like five minutes and then I don't remember much after that. That's accurate. That's accurate. Yeah. So uh, back in the old day, because Modern Kainan's Multiverse of Monsters released like a new ASMR, which we'll go through. But we're going to go through the old one first because when you get to pick, you'll pick whichever one you want to do. Um, so for like the base ASMR, their charisma increases by two because they're so angelic and amazing that naturally they would be more charismatic than your average person. <laughs> they mature at the same rate as humans, but can live up to 160 years. So their lifespan is a little bit better and a little bit more long. Wow, that was good words. So they're just older for longer. Yeah. Uh, they tend to have the same range of height and weight as humans, but obviously you can make that decision to be a little bit taller because that is kind of like a, an Asimar trait and description. You don't have to. Um, their base walking speed is 30 foot, and they have dark vision, so they can see in dim light and darkness um, because they can see magic, very similar to elves and dwarves. And, um, the Probably the coolest thing about Asimar is that they have celestial resistance, which means their resistance they have a resistance to necrotic and radiant damage, which is very, very useful because it's a resistant not many things have okay so anything that's radiant damage you take half damage anything that's necrotic damage you take half damage and radiant damage is it's like holy burning light batman right and necrotic, and necrotic damage is magic -y yeah spells. it's right. it's usually like a holy radiant light that burns and purges anything <laughs> um necrotic damage is decay magic and death magic essentially right uh they have a really cool thing called healing hands and as an action they can touch a creature. That's in Skyrim. <laughs> they can touch a creature and cause it to gain hit points equal to your level. Uh, once you've done this, you can't do it again until you've finished a long rest. So essentially, all Asimar have the natural capability to heal people. Well, that would be handy, Connie. It would. would indeed. It'd be healthy handy. So maybe you could be an Asimar. <laughs> a healing handy. A healthy healy handy. Stop trying to dig yourself out of a hole. <laughs> that you made. Um... Funnily enough, that's how I fell and became a fallen asthma. <laughs> Funnily enough, even though they have dark vision, they also can cast the light cantrip. So at any point, if your friends can't see in the dark, you can just be like, light. You're just like, there's a thing over there. They're like, where? And you go, oh, hold on a second. Boom. <laughs> let, let there be light. And use your charisma to do so. So okay. it's part of your like natural ability. Your natural charisma allows you to create a light. Um, you naturally know <laughs> celestial language. It's like ingrained in you. How does that, do you know celestial language now? I imagine it sounds like... Oh, no. Basically elvish. I'm picturing like Cass in Supernatural when he tries to speak to Dean and it literally like burns people's ears and eyes out of their head because they can't... Yeah. Yeah, but what does it sound like to the celestials? Yeah, that. <laughs> like the Halo thing, too. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon it's just Frank Sinatra. <laughs> Why me? Why me? Do the moon. Oh, I went for that. That's, all that, that's how they. That's I was going to go, Earl, just <laughs> for the way you look at me. Get your, get your old timey wimey singers right, Connie. <laughs> I'm sorry. Next, you'll be singing Dean Martin when I say uh, bloody Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> <laughs> no, because uh, started out in San Francisco. I actually don't know any Dean Martin songs. I know Sammy Davis Jr. You know Dean Martin songs. Okay. 100%. Well, when marimba rhythms start to sway, 
dance oh, with me. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's a Dean Martin. I'm all right. I have one of his albums. Anyway, nice. uh, when you are a that was fall- a good little segment, by the way. <laughs> really good. It's Tight little getting, segment there. It's all getting cut due to that's music what's rights. Going on <laughs> oh no, it's not the actual Patreon. song. We're allowed to sing covers. We're allowed to parody. It's all parody. It's parody. It's yeah. Don't cut it, Jack. That was great. Technically, I did change the lyrics. <laughs> That's there you go. Martin. It's your own original That's version. So a fallen Asma is an Asman who is an Asman. It's an Asman. Asman. Is an Asma who is touched by dark powers as a youth or who turns to evil and becomes one of the fallen, whose inner light is replaced by a shadow. This means their strength is increased by one because they're, I don't know, stronger. Uh, and the they darkness have, is stronger. Yeah, maybe. And at third level, they can do something pretty cool called a necrotic shroud. They can use their action to unleash divine energy within themselves, causing their eyes to turn into pools of darkness and two skeletal, ghostly, flightless wings sprout from their back. The instant you transform, any creature within ten foot of you must succeed on a charisma saving throw or become frightened of you, which is very good. This lasts for a minute, and you can end it as a bonus action. But during it, on each of your t- once on each of your turns, you can deal extra necrotic damage to one target when you hit it with a spell or attack. And that extra necrotic damage equals your level. So when you're 10th level, once per turn, you can punch someone and do 10 points of necrotic damage plus the punch. <laughs> it's pretty dank. Wow, that is... Sounds entertaining. Yeah, and terrifying. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the point. Then there's the Protector Asimar, who are charged by the powers of good to guard the weak and strike at evil whenever it arises. The mum friend. Yeah. Um, They have uh, higher wisdom. Their wisdom increases by one. And they have something called Radiant Soul. And at third level, their transformation causes their eyes to glimmer and become luminous. And then incorporeal wings... Incorporeal? Sorry. Incorporeal wings sprout from their back. This transformation also lasts for a minute. However, you can now fly. For a minute. For a minute. For 30 feet? Yeah. Nice. You're good at this, Connie. (laughs) Another gold star. Ah, he's such a sucker. Uh, (laughs) Just for everyone, I (laughs) pretended to hand Connie a star and Jordan got very jealous. I didn't didn't get jealous. I don't want that fucking star. It's lame. Do you want a star? Okay. No, you won't have one. Here you go, Connie. Have oh, another. thank you. I guess I think it's on my sleeve. I don't know. That's exactly where I'm pointing. Nice. Uh, <laughs> it's like a brownie badge. Um, so you have a flying speed and you can also deal extra radiant damage and that's equal to your level. Very similar to the necrotic damage from the previous one, apart from it's all radiant. And you can fly. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And this is level 10? No, this is at third level. So oh, you fuck. start with an immediate three. Right. Every time you hit, once per turn you can deal an extra three radiant damage. You essentially charge oh. your weapons or your spells with radiant energy. That does sound handy. It's pretty cool. Here's my favourite, and I love playing this. It's, I don't know, something about it makes me happy. This is called the Scourge Azimar, and they're imbued with divine energy that blazes intensely within them. It feeds a powerful desire to destroy evil, a desire that is, at its best, unflinching, and at its worst, all-consuming. <laughs> Many Scourge Azimars sometimes wear masks to block out the world and focus on containing this power, unmasking themselves only to unleash it in battle. So, their constitution increases by one, which naturally makes them have more hit points, which they're going to need, because at third level, they can activate Radiant Consumption. As an action, you unleash divine energy within yourself, causing a searing light to radiate and pour out from your eyes and mouth and threaten to destroy you and anything close by. Your transformation lasts for a whole minute, or you can end it as a bonus action, during which you shed a bright light, which is about 10 foot, and then an additional 10 foot of dim light, because essentially, you become the sun. Everything around you within that 10 feet takes radiant damage equal to half your level rounded down. In addition, once on each of your turns, you can also deal that extra radiant damage, which is equal to your level. You also take that damage. So when you're, you essentially start burning out, you take, you start dealing but that's half like your That's including rate. your team. Yeah, anyone who's near you. That seems a bit unhelpful. It's great. You essentially become the sun. It sounds cool. It does. But if you're in, you know, hand hand combat with, with your teammates. Yeah, you tell them to go away. You're like, guys, I'm just about to become the sun. Fuck off. I love it, mainly because I, as a person, like certainly the burn the candles at both ends. 
And I've constantly said that I've stopped burning the candle at both ends and I've just thrown it in the fire. And this, for me, <laughs> That's is exactly that. what that is, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know, <laughs> there's something really fun about, like, a, an Asimar that's just like, okay, I'm going to blow up now. <laughs> I played one. I played one who had hair. And then whenever he does it, it just makes him completely bald because <laughs> his skin essentially sets on fire and everything burns off. And when it does so, it sounds like a thousand screams. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm picturing is the wedding in Shrek where Fiona yes. just lifts off the ground yeah. and there's just light coming out of her face. But more burning. Her hands. Yeah, but yeah. more 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 ouch. More danger. I've just seen Donga. season three of the boys. Yes. Yeah, it's making very me think of Soldier Boy. Yeah. Very, very similar to that as well. Connie's in a singing mood today. When are we? Not, when do we do this podcast and we're not in a singing mood? I don't, know, I don't think we. I don't think we often. <laughs> we sing yeah, a lot, you do we? don't. Oh. Me and Nile do. Yeah. God, wow! You're really picking on me today. <laughs> you started. <laughs> um, so it was a the, joke. The actual first time an Asimar actually turned up in D and D fifth ed. Just very quick question. Yes. Are they different Asimars? Yes. Fallen Asimar. Protector Asimar. Oh, right. So they're, they're the sub-races of the Asimar. Yeah. Do you they're have to be one of those or can you just... Yeah. You need to pick one when you first make an Asimar level. Okay. But you can turn into a fallen Asimar if you... Fuck up. Yeah. No, and you can be redeemed. Ah, oh, that, that's wholesome. It is pretty wholesome. Right. Uh, but the Asimar was actually originally created as an example for creating your own race in the DMG. So for anyone who wanted to create their own, like, player race, the Dungeons Master's Guide has like a little way to do that and it offered this version of an Azimar, uh where your wisdom increased by one your charisma increased by two um your dark vision you have resist resistance <laughs> to radiant and necrotic damage and also you know the light cantrip and at third level you were able to cast lesser restoration and then at fifth level you were able to cast daylight all using your charisma so essentially it just gave you more spells and stuff Nice. It was like an right. example which people could then use if they so wanted to. So you can make up a race. Oh yeah, if you were like Nile, I want to be a penguin person, and I want all new stats to be this penguin person, and I'd be like, guys, we did a whole podcast about what there is to do. Why are we? Why are you making me <laughs> make that's a definitely new what one? I'm going to do. And Connie. you'll say, Nile, it's well, because have... you mentioned it that yeah, one time, it. and that's the only thing I remember from the podcast. <laughs> and I'd penguin be like, people. No, that's okay. Jordan. That's not the and only then, thing I remember. And then you'll be like, I also want to play a whole homebrew class. And I'll be oh, like... <sighs> that sounds extreme. This is going to be very unbalanced. I have a and friend say, who played a bear. Violet? A bear. Yeah, they were a bear person. That sounds fun. Yeah, just a bear wondering it, about chatting to I'm saying nothing. Good. <laughs> and may you continue to do so. So then Let's there, see how well that goes, Niall. That's all about talking. There was, there was this... Uh, <laughs> There was Morden Kanan's Monsters of the Multiverse, which re-released a lot of... Uh, basically, anything that wasn't in the player's handbook, it re-jigged a lot of the of the stuff. So Asimar are a little bit different now. Uh, when it de- uh, determining ability scores, you could then choose to increase one by two and another by one, or three different scores all by one. So that was like a way to like play with your ability scores and make it more customizable. You could choose whatever language you wanted. Um, you could then as an Azamar base trait, have necrotic and resistance damage, uh, dark vision, the healing hands thing, and the light cantrip. So it's pretty much the same. And then there was a celestial revelation, which, uh, again, was the exact same stuff with the necrotic shroud, uh, the radiant consumption, or the radiant soul where you can fly and things and deal extra damage. So it's essentially the same. It just basically meant that your customization options were a little bit different. So yeah, that's, that is pretty much it, really. Fasimo. Hmm. And they don't I feel like the the what the, the races we're gonna get into maybe have less backstory now. Is that some will. Some will have more. Um oh. like when we get into the goblinoids, that's gonna be like a whole kettle whole fish. Thing. Yeah. Okay. Love a love a bit of goblinoids. Hobgoblins, bugbears, goblins, there's changelings, <laughs> there's tritons, um there's loads of stuff. Warforged. Oh, love me a warforged. But what we're gonna start doing is once we've covered all the Volos um creatures uh, and UNT, UNT have so much to talk about. Um, but once we've done the Volos 
Guide to Monsters, uh, we'll be starting to look at doing basically source books came out with their own races. So Eberron came out and introduced Changelings, Kalashkatar, and Warforged. And we'll essentially do one episode on that whole book. And the same with Mythic Odyssey of Theros and the stuff in Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft, where it was okay. a lot of like vampires and zombies <laughs> and hex people. So yeah. Nice. You've got all that to look forward to. But what did we think of Azamar? Do we think maybe player race? Do you think you've kind really of been a little bit like, maybe I don't want to be a fish person? It's not a fish person, it's a water elf, Nile. <laughs> well, I just remember you were like, I like fish people. I want to be a fishy kind of person. To be fair, yes. <laughs> Guess we're going to the plane of water. <laughs> Is this you, Jordan, pretending that you're not going to speak for the rest of the podcast until now? What? That's not what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's the look you gave me. Like, uh, has he noticed yet? Have you noticed yet, senor? I was thinking, I was like, I it's know. taking a while. I'd noticed the whole time. I was just enjoying the silence. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep doing it then. Um, so, yeah, what about you, John? Asimar. I mean, to be fair, that, I thought they sounded quite good. Mm, I really like them. Just to do some of the, I mean, to be honest, I'll be honest, I just want to do one of those cool things where you blow up and you become a skeleton. People are scared of you. That sounds kind oh, of fun. Oh, you want to be a form one. I was the, I'm the opposite. I want to be the one that has wings and can fly. And I'm the third in this and story. The I'm the one that oh. blows up and destroys everyone and everything, yeah, including we himself. have a trilogy of Asimov? Yeah, we'll just, do, we'll just do a game where it's us three playing. I'll get another DM in. And we'll call <laughs> it the Asimov Asima Bros. <laughs> Asima the three Asimov. Squats. I like it. Yeah. Let's do it. Not now, though. You've not learned enough yet. A super good one, a bit of a dickhead. Yeah. Yeah. A bad one, a a one that doesn't really care, and one that's really holy. Ah. As a mascot. As a mascot. Yeah. Anyway, guys, did you did you learn something today? Not really. No. Great. Not not really. Not much. Can can we play? God God, no. We have so much to get through. Goddamn fucking play, Niall. You can can find you in your sleep. (laughs) You're gonna find me in my sleep. Yes. Where I'll be in my bed. No, but in your dreams, that's what I mean. Oh, I'll find oh. you in your sleep. Like an Azamar guide. Exactly. <laughs> and then you'll guide me to... I guess I have learned something today. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll guide me into to playing you until... Oh! I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to become your little guide, and I'm going to be like, Hey, Niall, Niall, play D&D now. Play it with Jordan. And then I'll be like, I'll do the D&D, but I'm not playing with Jordan until he finishes the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and how long is that going to take? Who fucking knows? I do. Oh. A long time. <laughs> A very long time. Well, thank you very much for listening. I hope you learned something. You, the listener. Uh, I've been Niall. I've been Connie. I've been Jordan. Until next time, brave adventurers. Thank you for listening to the show, and if you enjoyed, please leave a review. It really helps. A big thank you to our editor, Jack Sinclair, and G. McDermott for our cover art. If you'd like to check out any cool merchandise, head to littlelionslayer.co.uk, where Julia, our resident smithy, has all our products up for sale. Until next time, brave adventurers.